Welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone, your podcast about failed and forgotten comic book movies. <gasps> Where we decide, I just don't, it's just not my day today. Where we watch a forgotten superhero movie and decide, does this belong in the Phantom Zone to be forgotten for forever or out and about for everyone to rewatch and remember fondly. My name is Arnaldo, I'm your host, and I'm joined by... Birdo. Uh, and Birdo, what, what are we doing today? We are reviewing Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Quantum Mania. Did you notice that Quantum Mania has Ant Man in it? No. Nobody noticed that until like I didn't know this was announced like a year ago. This uh Oh shit, it does. This uh title. <laughs> and no one noticed it. I, I was just you recently You think it was even intentional? Clearly. Uh, but I was just recently told about it and I'm like, oh my god, it has ant literally quantum ant man mania. Isn't that fun? On to man. <laughs> Oh, wow. Anyway, yeah, we're reviewing uh, this movie. So we're not doing one of our classic failed or forgotten movies. We're reviewing Ant-Man and the Wasp's Quantumania in theaters now. It just came out. We saw it on Thursday. <sighs> Let's get started. All right. <laughs> How is this going to work, you guys? We're going to do a no-spoiler review first. We're going to talk about the movie without spoiling it. We'll let you know when we're going to talk spoilers. That way, if you haven't seen it, you know when to stop listening. Uh, and then afterwards, we're going to do uh, Easter eggs. Okay. Like we used to do for yeah, Words Mephisto. That's fun. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, we're streaming on Twitch. Uh, we do this every week on, on Twitch live, every episode, every single time. Uh, and that's on twitch.tv slash films from PZ, uh, Monday nights, 8 to 8.30 p.m. around that time. Come hang out with us next time. Or today. But you can't go back in time. So. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> Going back in time? Yeah. Yeah, like, like Kang. Well, I don't know if he has fun. <laughs> uh, he clearly has fun. Uh, anyway, this movie was written by Jeff Loveness uh, of Rick and Morty. Uh, have you noticed that the MCU is just Rick and Morty now? Yeah. Ma- Michael oh. Waldron, who wrote Loki, or some of Loki, and uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. You have this guy, Jeff Loveness, who's doing this. You have Kate Coiro, who wrote Pickle Rick. And she was the showrunner for um, She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, Rick and Morty staff in the MCU now. Yeah. It's very well written in it, general. It, it is. It's a good show. I think the fans can get a little annoying or, you per, or pretentious not... about it, which yeah. is weird because it's an adult cartoon. But Are you caught up on Rick and Morty? No, I'm, I'm like a season and a half behind. Same. Yeah. But they're short. I could no. You could you could finish a season like a day I could or two. Caught up pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. Sorry, horror on our Twitch chat is saying that. Yeah, no wonder this reminded me of that. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of Rick and this. A lot of this movie feels like live a lot of Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty. Uh, humor in this yeah. movie. Yeah, no, for sure. Also, Jeff Loveness is going to be writing Avengers: Kang Dynasty. Interesting. And Michael Waldron will be writing uh, Avengers: Secret Wars. So the future is more of more of this. Okay. <laughs> more of these Rick and Morty uh, alums. And uh, the fact that they're writing the, like, what's going to cap this whole phase or yeah. saga makes me feel a little bit better about, like, the seeds that they're maybe planting in here. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I also appreciate the consistency. Like, these two guys are doing all of Kang, essentially. So he, he, he's going to be from their Lo- character. Right. From Loki to this to then the Kang Whereas Dynasty. I think- and maybe Secret Wars if he's going to be in Secret Wars. Which, I mean, the the Russos mostly wrote Thanos, but I know he had a few appearances in other movies, but they were, like, one or two lines. Sure, yeah. So, it'll kind of be the same thing with, like, 
The character will be consistent at least. Well, right. As consistent as Kang could be. <laughs> Directed by Peyton Reed, took over uh, famously or infamously for. Um, Depends on who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Yeah, for uh, original Ant Man. Uh, and obviously starring Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Jonathan Majors, Catherine Newton. I couldn't remember where I know her from. It's Detective Pikachu. She's in Detective Pikachu. Yeah. She's in um, Freaky. That, also, uh, yeah. The Vince Vaughn movie that I love. I haven't seen that. That's the Freaky Friday one, yeah. right? Yeah. She replaces Emma Furman. Who replaced... The little the girl. The little girl. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Emma Furman played teenage Cassie in Avengers Endgame. For like one, literally one scene. It's just but... one, for one shot. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure she would have signed like a, probably like a three picture deal or whatever. Right. She didn't know that she was cut until she saw on the news and that they had She found hired. out same time as all yeah. of us. That's a little shitty. Yeah. <laughs> what I kind of don't understand about that is like Marvel's usually really good about planning ahead with their actors. Mm-hmm. And you had just mentioned uh, Thanos. They had got Josh Brolin half a decade before he ever appeared as Thanos. You know, they got him so early yeah. on, like right after the Avengers movie. They went yeah, and, and I, got right him. after they teased Thanos. They're like, oh, yeah. we need to cast him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and they cast him. He didn't show up until 2014 in Guardians of the Galaxy yep. for one scene, and then we didn't see him again for like three more years. Yeah, like they're good with planning ahead, and I'm I'm kind of amazed that they really quickly took this back. Do you and think they did it for else. just um, somebody more well known? I mean, is she that much more well-known? I think she has she has more acting chops, sure. But I think what's funny, too, is that when you look at... Because I saw like a, a diagram of all the Cassie appearances from the first movie, the second movie. Right. Uh, Endgame, so Emma Furman. And then this movie uh, with uh, Catherine Newton. Yeah. Catherine Newton looks like the first girl. Like the first girl grown up. Uh-huh. Like they have similar facial features. Okay. Uh, that's obviously not why they hired her. They hired her because they wanted a different actor. <laughs> right. Which is weird because I feel like Emma Furman didn't even get to do anything. No, she literally... She, she opened the door, said, Dad, and cried. Yeah. And that was it. And then she's like, all right, I'm ready for the next movie. And, and then, then they're like, never came. yeah, we're just not going to call yeah. you. Yeah. Anyway, Katie O'Brien, she played the freedom fighter, Gentora. And uh, here's okay. here's the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. connection I teased while we were eating dinner. Uh, she plays Kimball in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't know who that is. She was in the final season. She was only in a couple episodes. Oh, well. She was like a a follower of the bad guy. Like like the bad guy's like right-hand person. Okay. Without spoiling Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is a great show and everybody should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> David Dasmalchian, Uh He returns, but this time as a different character, one named Veb. The gooey guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of weird names in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> he has now, I'm pretty sure, a record for the most comic book movie appearances. Uh, he was in, I have, there. he's been in like eight things now. Okay. Um, five of them or so have been from the from DC. He was in The Dark Knight. That was his first acting role. He has a, a pretty small role in that. But... Yeah. Christian Bale's like... You're gonna listen to a, a schizophrenic sociopath, <laughs> and David's character just like. <laughs> Do you remember that scene? It was weird. <laughs> like he treats him like an animal. He does. He does. <laughs> anyway, he played Kurt obviously in the first two Ant Man movies. 
Yeah. Uh, and also What If. Who is a very enjoyable character. Oh, I loved him. Yeah. He played a character called Abracadabra on The Flash. The the show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, he's also Polka Dot Man in The Suicide Squad. That might be his biggest role. Like, most front and center role. He's in some other things, too. A Batman The Long Halloween, so the animated. And then Gotham. He's in a lot of DC universes. Well, he's been in every DC universe. That's the thing. <laughs> Other than like the one, like the '90s ones. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, and so now he plays another Marvel character. So he has two Marvel characters and like four or five DC characters. <laughs> Insane. Hey, good for him. Amazing. Uh, apparently, James Gunn also loves him. Oh, oh. Also, he has uh, a song on the soundtrack. Really? I'm like almost certain. Hold on, let me look it up real quick. Like he actually sings. Yeah, he has a song as his character. Apparently, I just I just listened to a second of it. But. <laughs> anyway, uh, William Jackson Harper, he plays Quaz. Uh, he's uh, I think I know who that is. Pretty That's... well known from A Good Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Good Place. The mm-hmm. Good Place. Yeah. Anyway, Bill Murray, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Michael Douglas. And that's the cast. Let's move on. Uh, so no spoiler reviews. Birdo, what what can you tell me about this movie? How are you feeling? I overall did like it. I enjoyed it. A couple of qualms with the writing, mostly plot wise. Yeah. Um, but like, I think we're in the same boat then. <laughs> yeah, and my issues even with it though aren't like huge or anything. I'm just like, eh, a little bit of a problem. It's nothing that can't be fixed later. <laughs> What does that mean? Good old retcon. <laughs> oh, um, I thought you were hoping for like a director's cut. Or oh something. No, 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 that's not going to happen with Marvel movies. Um, well, it has happened. There's a spy. The spy. Well, it was a Sony movie, really. But and they just added like a few minutes. Sure. Yeah. It was a good version of the movie, though. Uh, we reviewed that. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, uh, despite my minor issues with like the plot, I think the themes felt good. Dialogue was. Typical Marvel movie, you know, like a lot of snappy dialogue, but a lot of it, I think, lands better than maybe in more recent Marvel films. I don't know. The jokes just, they really landed with me this time around. Okay. And that could be because of the Rick and Morty writer. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> there was some straight up like Rick and Morty humor in this. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of it felt like live action Rick and Morty, honestly. <laughs> um, Seeing the quantum realm, I really did enjoy. Like, I like this world that they showed us. Try not to spoil anything, but... um, Sure, yeah. I think they did a decent job at making it feel like a world that was lived in. Hey guys, it's time for a quick break, and we will be back in a flash. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast Audio Branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. You don't agree. Sorry, I'm squinting. Yeah, I don't... I'm not sure. I feel like... I'd have to see the movie again, but I felt like a lot of it just looked the same. Like, they go from place to place within the quantum realm, and you can't... You kind of can't really tell, because it all just looks like color... like a forest to a city to a... It all just kind of looks like a colorful nonsense. You know what I mean? Some of it looks like Star Wars. 
the whole time I'm just like, this just looks like an episode of Rick and Morty, which is just kind of like a big color vomit. I got a lot of Star Wars vibes from the Quantum Realm. Oh. And maybe it's what they were doing in the Quantum Realm. I think Jorge agrees with you. He said Star Wars. I didn't see a whole lot of Star Wars. I I think I was blinded by Rick and Morty the entire time. Damn. (laughs) But... But I did like the quantum realm. I like the visuals. I like the creature designs. Like I thought all that was like just freaky enough to like be cool. I think I thought they were too cartoon. I don't know where. See, okay. <laughs> In general, and and I've said this before, but I feel I have a strong belief that at the end of a movie, you're gonna make a decision on whether, like, subconsciously, you're gonna decide whether you like the movie or not mm-hmm. based on absolutely nothing. It's a, it's a completely like intrinsic thing. You're just like, did I like it? Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't logic your way out of liking something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's purely emotional. And whether you like something or not, you will defend all of the things that maybe are bad about it, right. or you will like hyper focus on on all the things. Mm-hmm. You know. So like, if you come out of something. And we've we've seen movies where like we might have similar opinions, and yet you really like it, and I really don't like it. But we seem to be saying the same things. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like this movie, if it didn't win me over at some point throughout the film, I might come out of it and be like, "Yeah, this was kind of bad." Right. But like, I came out of this movie thinking, "Oh no, that was just a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed it, and I had fun the entire time." I was having a blast watching it, and I'm recognizing all of its faults, and I'm going, "Yeah, but that's fine." <laughs> and, and then I talk to other people that say the same exact thing as me, and they're like, "And that's why I didn't like the movie." And I'm like, that, "Oh, like that's why?" And I'm like, "Oh, but you didn't like the movie." And he's like, "Yeah, like it was really messy, and like the characters don't really blah blah blah, and this and that, and this and that." And I'm like, "No, I agree with you on well, every well, single one." What about one. all the good shit? Well, that's the thing. And I'm like, I agree with you on all those things and yet i like the movie and you don't like them right and so again i'm of this this opinion that like if you come out of something liking it even if you know it's there are things that are not good you're like yeah but that's okay <laughs> like it's okay that it's not that good you know what i mean because i i liked it right that being said i'm i'm because i feel like when we deep dive into this film i'm going to talk about a lot of things that i don't like and i think are like objectively bad mm. and yet I really like this movie. <laughs> like, I had a great time. Um, so, like, we go in a big group to the movies every time. And, like, right. we, lately we've been getting, like, blocks of seats instead. Yeah. Because if there's, like, eight of us, we'll sit four and four. We can turn around. We can all look at each other and talk to each other if we need to. If Which we need to. You Which should be you shouldn't doing. do in a movie theater, by the way. No, no, no. It's more for, like, the before and the afters. But, like, we'll be, like, exchange glances and stuff. And right. there, were, there were times when I turned around to look at y'all. And I'm like, right? <laughs> And you're like, yeah. <laughs> I was sitting next to uh, Garrett from Blake's Takes. Um, oh, sure, yeah, and no, no, for sure. He was having a fucking blast with the movie. <laughs> like he was getting like excited and I think, stuff. I think most of us had a lot of fun. Let's get into some non-spoiler specifics. Okay, that's there's an oxymoron right there. But I know it's hard to be specific without spo- <laughs> And I think there is actually a lot that can be spoiled in this movie. Sure, and, and yeah. the thing is, even small things, I don't want to ruin things for, like, right. like I like going into something not knowing anything, you know? So, right. like, when, when people talk about movies I haven't seen, I, I would appreciate to be vague. But story, I, I think this story and the plot, specifically the plot, is my biggest concern. It's very muddy. A lot of times it's unclear. There doesn't seem like there's focus or direction. Mm-hmm. It starts out with a familiar plot trope. But then it doesn't really follow through, and I kind of wish that it did follow that plot. Is it what I think you're talking about? We'll talk about, about it in spoilers, <laughs> but like, 
and I, and I want to ask you about it because I can't remember other movies that have done this, but I know it's familiar. Okay. I've seen it a bunch. All right. And, and there's this kind of saying that there's no new stories. Every story is just uh, some modification of an old one. Stories have been told for thousands of years at this point. Sure. Like, but there's a lot of like we can't talk about this thing until the protagonist explicitly asks, and then the <laughs> then the antagonist has to reveal it. And I feel like a lot of that dialogue serves. And again, I'm not we're not being very specific, but a lot of that dialogue kind of uh, is unproductive and it just kind of wastes time because you're just mm-hmm. basically going like, "Hey, this is the natural time to talk about this conflict." But the movie dictates that we wait longer. <laughs> and in real life, I'd be like, are you waiting for the climax of a movie or something? Like, why aren't we talking about this thing? You know, I I know who and what you're talking about here. I didn't really take too much of an issue with that because the way I saw it was more of like a character flaw. And the entire time, I'm just like, just say it. Just say it. <laughs> just have a conversation about this. Because I, I know people in real life that are like that, though. So it's like, just, to me, that wasn't that crazy. It's frustrating. Don't it's, get me wrong. No, it's, it's very frustrating. <laughs> I don't think that's like poor writing. I think that's just like the character just kind of sucks. Well, and then there's also like there's editing things that don't help because a lot of the editing seemed very messy, too. There's. Uh, yes, I did. You notice there was like some like really like hard cuts. Yes. And there's a distinct lack of establishing shots, um, which we talked about in Thor. But for Thor, it was clearly for to like cut down on time. Well, I think shit was cut in this movie, too. I don't know. In this one, it just seemed like there was. It felt like a couple scenes got like chopped. It's not that short either. It's it's like longer no, than I, Thor. And I, I don't feel. think it was for length. I think there was some last minute changes in the writing maybe so for me the team kind of gets split up a little bit and so in a movie like star wars fashion sure yeah so (laughs) right so let's pretend we're talking about star wars for a second when the team gets split up like in return of the jedi yeah when you cut to the other team you have to establish that you're in a different location through a shot you have to show oh we're at the death star right show the death star and then cut to inside the death star okay show Endor, the forest, and the satellite dish, and now cut to an Ewok. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Otherwise, especially when, and this is kind of what I was saying earlier, when a lot of the quantum realm looks a little too similar, mm-hmm. then it's kind of like, where are we right now? Oh, we're with this character. Are they in the same room as the last character? No, they're in a different place. Oh, I, I didn't ever think they were near each other at any point. <laughs> what about, okay, so... Even the plot says that they are, like, it's very clear that they can't find each other, so they're obviously not near each other. So that put a that never in, confused me. Put a pin in that because, but it it's not that it's confusing. It's that it's jarring. Like, it, it is it's jarring okay. exactly. And then for somebody in the theater, they're going to be confused. There's going to be a one percent of someone's like, oh wait, I wasn't really paying attention. Where are we right now? <laughs> are those two characters not in the same room? You know, it sounds like Sable. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Another comparison with Return of the Jedi, there's a lot of like power dynamic changing in ways that seem impractical. Okay. At least three times. Well, I don't, again, I'm trying not to do spoilers. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of like, oh, you know, this, the bad guys got the good guys. And then the good guys are like, we're just going to get right out of it. And then it happens again. And then it happens again. And a lot of it just seems like we're stalling for time. Is it the henchmen being stupid in situations like that, though? 
Sometimes, maybe, <laughs> I but like, I, well, I think that's what you write. Right, right, right. So that you can just kind of like keep on moving. I, I didn't think it was a very creative way of moving characters from one location to another. No, location you could have done something different. That's when you a little do more... the same thing three times right. in a row. It happened like once, maybe twice. Okay, maybe twice. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, and because I was in the theater going like, I've seen this two times already in this movie, <laughs> and it reminds me of in Star Wars and Return of the Jedi. The rebels are on the moon, and then they've got the upper hand, and then they walk into a room. And, and the then Imperials tra- got them. Yeah, and they're like, we got you now. They all have blasters. Why and, Why don't they just shoot at each other? And then they all other? walk out of the bunker, and then the Rebels yeah. got them. And they're like, actually, we've got you this time. No one has shot a single shot. But then you have Han Solo just do like the little smile and the yeah. shrug. But it's like, in that one, it's Here's specific. The thing, it's kind of unintentionally hilarious. Right, but that one in particular... You've got like this like Imperial garrison come out. They're not even entirely surrounded by by rebels. They probably still have an upper hand if they wanted to start fighting right now. And they're like, "Oh shit, I guess they got us." Why? Why? Cuz but it, no, every it, time I watch that movie though, that makes me laugh because it's funny. In return but okay, specifically in Return of the Jedi is whoever's standing behind you has the upper hand. If they're standing behind you, they're like, "Well, actually, we're standing behind you." We have you. to drop on you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bro, you've got twice as many soldiers. Like, what are we even doing here? It's because that Imperial officer was a good officer and no losses were acceptable for him. Well, no one died. So <laughs> It was the most peaceful ambush ever. <laughs> so much of that movie, they could be shooting at each other and they're not. <laughs> anyway, we're not talking about Star Wars. Acting. Everyone's really good. Let's just say that. There's there's no like, yeah, no one's uh, bad. I don't know. Maybe it's just she wasn't given that much to do. I don't know how I feel about Catherine Newton as Cassie yet. Oh, I thought she was great. I don't know. Like, I, I don't have any like bad opinion on her, oh. but like, I'm not like crazy about her either i thought you were gonna say evangeline lily who like didn't really have that much to do i feel well she didn't have that much to do but what she did i mean was totally fine she's a she, paul, i already know she's a great actress right paul rudd <laughs> outstanding as usual uh, <laughs> paul rudd is fucking amazing <laughs> he's great he could just be in every movie and i'd be happy about it yeah who else michael douglas michael- did really well yeah and for whatever reason i was expecting a lot less of him i think because he was like recently sick he looked a little off. He looked, but he did great. He, he looked a lot thinner in this movie. Well, yeah, no doubt. But like, yeah. he was great. No, he um, he was great. And I like when we get into the spoiler section, I'll talk about it more. But I really like Hank Pym in this movie. Yeah, I thought he was really good. Michelle Pfeiffer, great. Bill Murray didn't really need to be in this movie. I think. Well, but funny thing about his the character that he plays, the character he plays only shows up in one issue of a Incredible Hulk comic, yep. and that's it. So kind of appropriate. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> um, Jonathan Majors, uh, who should be the standout in this, in my opinion, I was kind of disappointed. Not that I don't think he's a good actor. I think he's amazing. I, I, don't get me wrong. I, I think he was even good in this, though. I just think maybe you didn't like I don't, this Kang. Yeah. He plays this version of Kang very straightforward. Mm-hmm. And so after... Which makes sense for this one. Uh, sure, I'm fine with it. I just as I'm watching, I'm like, oh, this is kind of like I, I I think I want a little bit more pizzazz. Okay, because for He Who Remains and Loki, he gave a very eccentric well, performance. He also had an entire like monologue that was great. <laughs> I was chewing it up, man. Like do uh, that. And, and honestly, the, I mean that scene alone already like puts my faith in him that yeah. he's going to but, he's going to do a good job with all the future iterations of Kang. I guess what I'm saying is, out of his two appearances. 
I'm disappointed that his breakthrough performance was in an episode of Loki and not in this movie. Oh, okay. okay. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. he's playing this king so straightforward that if we didn't know that he was going to be a million other versions of a million other characters, mm-hmm. right? Because that's kind of what that's exactly Kang I mean, is. That's what's going to happen. And yeah. that's not a spoiler. That's what He Who Remains uh, kind of said was going to yeah, happen. If you he's watched like, Loki, you know this. He said, you're yeah. going to see a million more of me, basically. Yeah. He said, my variants are coming. And, well, you're not and, like and then, them. like, right when he was dying, he, his last words were like, see you soon. Yeah. <laughs> so I think if we didn't know all that, and we just watched this one-time villain. If this was, a you might be a little villain, underwhelmed. We would be like, "Well, how how is he that much? Is how, he that much better? How is he going to be the next Thanos? Yeah, right? Yeah. And is he that much better than like uh, Malekith or some of the other like really bad villains? I that think Malekith got a really the, the short end of the stick with that role. No, 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 that was probably <laughs> the worst one. But I'm saying like, is he that much? You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. He seems a little too straightforward. If you, if you base it just on this movie alone, I can see why yeah. you're like, ah, uh, Kang. Like, obviously, he's coming really? back for Kang Dynasty, and we're going right, to see like, a million other variants. And Yeah. Kang will return all throughout this phase. Like, right. So, I'm fine with it for the most part, but... But you just think everybody else just stood out a little bit more in this movie? I just was expecting more. I okay. Guess. I don't know. Action, I thought, was fine. I don't know. Were they shrinking enough? I can't really remember if there was a whole lot of shrinking and growing. Yeah. There's a little yeah, bit of that, yeah, there, right? There was, there was quite a bit of that. You know what I think is the problem with this movie? It's fine, but it's like... I think the thing that makes Ant-Man fun is that he becomes small relative to things that we're familiar with. Right. Whereas so, throughout this whole movie, they're all tiny already well, they're in the quantum realm so yeah. the only shrinking and growing he does is just so he can punch people right because and, he's already like as small as he could possibly get basically well, sure well i mean he gets smaller well because <laughs> they're shrinking that's why for a second i was like was there shrinking but like i think back to the first ant-man movie where he's like running on the gun yeah like, like stuff- you don't get moments like that in this movie because Which, of the I, quantum realm right i didn't expect that you would but no, yeah, you're right. It is missing a little bit of like that um just those really cool like insane shots that you could only do with an Ant-Man movie. Right. There's no like, you know, throwing giant pez dispensers at people or Yeah. We're we're missing a little bit of that cuz he is shrinking and stuff, but it's just to do like the It's just to do the punching. The punching and stuff like that, yeah. Cuz you could have still done that. You could have like you think about like Civil War where he shrinks and he goes into like Iron Man's suit. Yeah. Or when then when he grows and he's we're throwing like oil tankers and shit like that like you could have still done we stuff we did a little bit of a growing but we didn't really see we he should have fought one of those buildings that would have been cool <laughs> <laughs> that would have been cool actually Something you know like what I'm that saying been, like yeah. it's missing that Ant-Man element to it yeah mm, yeah I can see that a lot of people say this movie should have been a Fantastic Four movie like this plot uh, <laughs> it visually it looked like it could have been one honestly it looked like a Jack Kirby comic sure yeah which I think that's part of what I liked of how like the quantum realm looked and stuff. It looked very Jack Kirby. No, it was very colorful. Yeah, yeah. very colorful, very weird. Um, I mean, it was totally fine. There was a lot of um, again Star Wars esque shootouts. <laughs> okay, let's talk about it. Let's get into spoilers. Yeah. Uh, so overall, look, I'm gonna talk about more things that I didn't like, but overall, I I do like this movie. <laughs> like, I don't I don't really know how to how else to promote it from my perspective like right it's good like I would, think you, it's good. would you say like the 50 something percent of rotten tomatoes is unfair oh i'm glad you asked it's 40 something it's first of oh all. it dropped yeah more yeah it, this is uh this is borderline the worst reviewed 
Marvel movie. That's insane to me. It is. But you know what it is, <laughs> That's though? actually insane. And I think this is the reason for the disparity, because you saw at one point it was 48 and 84. It was 48 the critics, 84 the audience on right. Rotten Tomatoes. I think a lot of that goes down to we're so deep into the MCU now that, you know, Feige and company have to ask themselves the question, are we making movies for the critics and for the casual viewer who's seen all of our movies literally one time or are we making it for the fans exactly and then we've mentioned this before but i think we're crossing that threshold where where marvel is saying yeah no let's make the movie for the fans like what do they want to see and if we have to sacrifice a little bit of like hand holding for the casual viewer then so be it yeah because none of them have really felt like standalone movies anymore no, you can't just watch this. No. Like, you, <laughs> if you just go in here, you're like, what? what? Like, imagine if, like, one of our friends was like, I don't know, man, I haven't really seen a Marvel movie. But All right, I'm, let's watch Quantumania. Yeah, like, I, I'm down to see this. I'd be like, no. Like, like, you can't, you just like, can't do why that. Why is this, why are they shrinking? What? What's happening? Like, what What does any of this mean? It's like, all right, well, I have about 30 movies that you need to watch for you. Watch well, that's the thing. And they're like, all right, well, I'll watch the two Ant-Man movies. I'm like, no, that's not even, that's not even going to help you, honestly. It'll help you get to know the characters. That's about it. You, I mean, you could skip the second one altogether. You'd be, fine. you know what I'm saying? Like, it just doesn't really. We're so deep in it that I feel like a lot of critics. It's like, no, 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 don't watch Ant Man two. Watch Loki. Yeah, yeah. Watch this TV show. Always what you need to do. What? That's my point. I feel like it's hitting the point to where it is like the comic books, where it's like it's a little difficult to just pick up a random issue and read it. Yeah, and I think critics, God bless them, they're not watching Marvel movie marathons for fun. No. They're doing their jobs. And their jobs are, I need to go watch every movie. They're and, like, and this is confusing. I hate it. <laughs> right. They're not dumb. They see all the same right. uh, uh, real movie critique things, right? The, the real right. criticisms. It is messy. And there's yeah. editing problems. And the plot's bouncing around a but bit I'm too sure much. a lot of it's that is amplified because they're not at all invested in it. Exactly. Yeah. We're so deep into this now that, look, I don't doubt that this is going to keep happening. Like we're oh, gonna get yeah. other movies where I mean, critics it's, are gonna it's be been happening. Sure, but we're gonna get more movies where critics are gonna be like, "What? What am I doing? Like, what? What is this, any of this?" And fans are gonna be like, "Yeah, this was fun, right?" Because I'm invested in this universe. Mm-hmm. But for every Ant Man, we're gonna get like a, a Wakanda Forever where it toes the line very well, where you're showing a very human story that anybody can relate to, but also works better if you're deeply invested in the story. Yeah, you know what I mean. I want to rewatch Wakanda Forever. I really did enjoy that movie a lot. It's sitting in my mailbox. Oh, really? The Blu-ray, yeah. <laughs> Samuel hasn't gotten the mail yet, but it's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Spoilers. So, on story real quick, did you see any of the bits that lead to Hank and the ants? Yeah. I didn't. At the beginning of the movie. Okay. <laughs> I, I asked. I would love to put a poll out, but I asked three other people. And only one of them said that they saw any of that. The other two were with me and being like, no, it was like a surprise. At the at the beginning. All right. Well, at the beginning of the movie, we see the ants and he talks about how they've been they have, like. They learn technology. And yeah. Shit. They yeah, learn yeah, technology yeah. and they've been learning to like build stuff. And they're like super you, smart. ants. Right. Did you see the ants get sucked in? Yes. I didn't see that. Scott was looking right at one. 
didn't see the ants get sucked in. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, uh, the ants whole- got sucked in. <laughs> and I did see Hank, like, grabbing his ear and stuff. I thought he had a hearing aid that was messing up That's what everyone else says. That's what I said. I said, I don't know. He's an old man with a hearing aid. I forgot that that's his little ant thing. I and had forgotten about that, but... Everyone else I've talked to all, except for one person. All the stuff, though, I, I saw all that happening. Every other person I've talked to except for one person has said his hearing aid was on the fritz. Only one because per- quantum realm. Yeah, only one. Per- he's an old man. Only one person remembered that that's his aunt thing, and only because they had just watched the previous movie, like, uh, okay. that, like the day before. Because well, the other movies, like yeah, when he controls the ants, he does like go yeah, like that. And I stuff. I remember that. Now that we're talking, when about he gets them to grab the sugar cube and stuff, right, right, yeah. right, right. Horror right. is saying that he saw the ants, but no, the whole movie though, I was waiting for the ants to come back because I'm like, that's Chekhov's aunt. I'm glad you okay. When the ants showed up, I was like, this is a Deus Ex Machina that is only that in a screening, someone said, the ants are coming out of nowhere. What's going on? And then they were like, ah, oh, fuck, we got to explain it because there's a flashback scene where Hank is has to explain that he saw the ants right. all along. But, but do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. It seems very like it like, seems like, like a band aid. But it is established at the beginning of the movie. Okay. <laughs> but it seems like they did that as an answer to that the fact that it was confusing. Or you they see, just assume everybody just thought it was a hearing aid. <laughs> when you have half or more of the audience that doesn't understand the intended effect of the, then that's not good. Right. You know what I mean? And my point also is that I don't think it needed to be a surprise. There should have been a scene where Hank finds the ants. Yeah. Like, he stumbles on the ants, and he's like, oh, my ants are here. And then, like, <laughs> ten minutes later, he does his bit where he, he comes in. and it, It's a surprise in the moment. It's a surprise mm-hmm. to the characters. But it shouldn't be a surprise to the audience, I think. But I wasn't surprised. Okay. <laughs> it but, shouldn't be a surprise to most of the audience. I'm very proud of you for realizing that. But you realize that by virtue of the fact that the movie has to go out of its way to explain it, it's because a lot of people didn't get it. Here's the thing. I watch a lot of anime, and that was a very anime thing to do, though. Where what? it's like, oh, see, I had actually been hearing them the whole time. And Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a very kind of soap opera retcon thing is what it is. So I, I'm kind of used to that. Uh... But also, I already knew the ants were coming. But... What I did like about that is we got to see Hank be the Ant-Man. No, I love that. That was part. awesome. Don't get me wrong. I love that part. Yeah. And when I love that they saved the all day. running yes. past him. Like, I was like, hell they, yeah. Because I don't remember Hank doing much in the last movie. I don't remember the last movie that well, honestly. The last movie, I think he just kind of like drove the van a and little he, bit. He and tells he, people what to do. He tells people what to do. And then he's the one that went down into the quantum realm to find right, right, Janet. Right, right, right. That's it. But I feel like he had this very heroic moment in this movie. He did, and I actually and, really did like that. Yeah, and it felt like a really good, a sort of a swan song for him. Yeah. If he comes back to me one more time in a cameo. Yeah, I'm not sure Michael Douglas is going to come back. We'll yeah. see. It reminds me of, of scenes in, like, say, Lord of the Rings, where they go and get the ghost army. But they go and get the army. They don't just show up out of nowhere. Right. It was like, hey, by the way, this is how I got them. Well, in the two towers, Gandalf shows up out of nowhere, but he told them that it was going to happen. Well, he also comes, he shows up with the writers, and we already met them, though. That's true. But we didn't know that he went to go get them. Yeah, but we met the <laughs> army, is my point. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, it doesn't but need to. But we met the ants. 
I didn't know. <laughs> see, again, like I didn't realize that the those were the I don't know. The I, ants are the are the riders of Rohan. Yeah, right. <laughs> or is it Rohan? Oh fuck! Am I, I gonna piss I, off a bunch I, of Lord I, of the Rings? I don't fans? know. I don't remember. <laughs> I do agree that to most people it was probably like, what the fuck. So earlier when I was talking about the messy power dynamics, specifically I meant there was three occasions, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to have to look back when I watch the movie again, where the heroes is being escorted by guards <laughs> and they do the same move where they're like, all right, I'm going to like duck, kick one in the legs, and then we're going to shoot the other one and then we're going to get out of this. And they did it like two more times after that. Yeah, because uh, I think Cassie does it once. Janet does it like twice. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Again, I'm fine with all this because the movie's fun, but it is it, it, it sticks it, it's out a, to you. That that is like it's a flaw for sure. Uh here um, here's another one. I loved the personality storm. Or sorry, the possibility storm. Probability storm. The probability storm. <laughs> the personality storm. Dude, I fucked that up. Um I loved the Baskin Robbins possibility. That was good. Because that means that there is like a point zero 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 whatever chance that he didn't get fired. That <laughs> Not Ant-Man, just Scott Lang working for Baskin Robbins also went into the quantum realm as not which, Ant-Man. Which is, which is wild, but it's, I mean, it's, it's possible. Technically possible. <laughs> and he's the only one. But only in one scenario could this have happened. Here's the thing. I love it. Was it was probably an accident. I thought, yeah, right. He has no <laughs> idea what he's doing. I thought it was hilarious. Don't get me wrong. What I don't like, and this is kind of a staple in Marvel is that you have a really emotional moment and then you undercut it with a joke. Yeah. Because then he comes back. And the second time I'm like, don't get out of here. We already did you. You know what I mean? We don't need you here. But then he falls to his death. Yeah, that was that was sad. <laughs> and as he's falling, he just screams, sorry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> but the joke was great the first time. It but was. the second time. You think you're it was so- too much? You're supposed to be rooting for the character to overcome the obstacle. And the music is playing. Well, that's another version of him helping him overcome it, though. But you're not supposed to be laughing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you laugh. And then you're like, oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, you're like going to be triumphant now. Oh, yeah. Be triumphant. And then you're like laughing again like it's such a tonal they shift they do, it's very uncomfortable they do do that a lot and i don't it's a long-standing complaint for marvel clearly intentional that they do that i just i'm not sure why i think you have to wrangle in the jokes for when they work best mm-hmm. sometimes fewer jokes that work more is better yeah so, i can agree with that the plot thing i wanted to mention is there's a plot that i've seen many times before where our heroes are split up. They get to a place like an island mm-hmm. and they're split up and each group meets some locals and they learn about a conflict and they don't know that they're meeting two different groups that are in conflict with each other. And then later on, by the end of the movie, they all realize they're on different sides of this conflict. It's, it is a trope. And I'm I'm trying to think of another example of what like use that, though, the, because... I, I know what you're I talking about. I know I've about. seen it a million yeah. times. I just don't know what the from. The only example I could think of is Hook. where he That's kin- not the movie I'm thinking he of. He kidnaps the kids, and right. then they go. And then so y- your POV characters are with Peter Pan right. and the Lost Boys. But the little boy Jack has been with Captain Hook this entire time. He's been brainwashed. To an extent, Chronicles of Narnia a little bit with Edmund and the White Witch. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah And then yeah. Lucy and Tumnus. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. absolutely true. Actually, yeah, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. 
they both go in together, but they're Actually, like kind of the completely separated. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I, yeah, and I think uh, Chronicles of Narnia did it first. No, no, obviously <laughs> the nineteen ninety two movie hook. <laughs> I don't even know if I could call it. A, is it a trope? I mean, or is a, it just it, a plot? That's, it's a plot. Yeah. It's a plot you can pick up and apply to your characters in this movie. Here's the thing, though. I wish they had stuck to it because they kind they kind of like, abandoned think, that story. You wish, like Scott was a little more committed to like helping Kang, maybe, and no helping. Well, that's the thing. They're all on the same side, but they all end up being on the same side almost immediately. Immediately, yeah. It would have been, I think, more interesting if maybe if you didn't do the whole Kang and like Janet sees that Kang's evil, right? And fights to trap him in there. Mm. If you didn't do all that, and maybe they were still buddies. Well, meanwhile, I thought th- I thought they were going Ant-Man. to be buddies when she said, "I'm taking you to see an old friend." I right. thought I thought she that was taking was him to see Kang, Kang well, and then so that brings me to another problem in this movie, where the entire movie it's just a lot of like, "Well, where are we going? I can't tell you." Well, how do you know this? I can't tell you. Well, and, that's what I was saying. Well, was- oh, him, him, him. Just fucking say Kang. Just tell us who he is. It's and it's He's, that for forty five minutes. Be named. Right, and it's that for forty five fucking minutes before, and and you're just like, all right, get to the point. And he shouldn't be yelling at the movie to get to the plot faster. <laughs> like the middle portion of the movie should be entertaining. For, to me, that was just me being frustrated at Janet, though. I was never like upset at the movie for that. It's weird. Well, she is a character. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was like, come on, Janet. Why do you suck? Yeah. By virtue of them all being on the same side immediately, like you say, the rebel freedom fighter people, they become completely innocuous. Then. Like, we don't need them anymore in the movie. We kind of do. They just show up at the end again. And I'm like, oh, yeah, these they guys. Need, they need to have their uprising. Yeah, but why? <laughs> because now, by the end of the movie, you have the team against Kang. Right. And now the rebels are like, hey, yeah, guys, we're here, too. Oh, good. I guess. <laughs> well, all, all of that helped stop Kang from escaping. No, I understand. But I feel like... <laughs> Do you they, mean like... It's just not interesting anymore. Oh. Like, those characters... The, the conflict lost its, like... Yeah, those characters don't really do anything anymore because they don't need to be there. They're just cannon fodder. Because we don't, we don't care about them anymore. Right. They're just, yeah. like... Uh, they're just additional soldiers now. <laughs> Whereas... Because okay. you, you have, you've got that uh, that girl... Uh, what's her name? The rebel leader? Gentora. Gentora. She becomes, like... Like, not that important anymore because... It's yeah, not we, about we got them the anymore. ant family together. We have the ant family. Now it's <laughs> Kang versus the ant family, not Kang versus right. these freedom fighters. Yeah. I don't I, know. I think just like one small change could have made that feel a lot better. Here's how you fix the movie. You do that Janet is still loyal to Kang. They think that they're friends. She doesn't know that he's evil. She takes Hope and Hank to him. And you've got a whole like, uh, is he good or is he bad moment? Kind of like an Empire Strikes Back with uh, with Lando, mm-hmm. right? Meanwhile, is, that's what they did with Bill Murray's character, but like, yeah, he, but like, he's gone immediately. Yeah. Like, he's not important anymore. Just like, just like in the comics, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, he, you could you could mostly cut him out of the movie and be the same. Yeah. And then you got Scott and Cassie with the Freedom Fighters, and they're doing their thing. Meanwhile, they're trying to find each other, and they don't find each other until the final conflict, and they see they're on opposite ends. And they're like, well, what the fuck? Right. And then this conflict kind of, like, develops, and then they start to realize, actually, Kang is the evil one. And then Janet comes, you know, she has a whole moment against Kang, 
you betrayed me and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I was using you from the beginning. Because this is my plan. Yeah. And that circumvents all of the problems in the movie. That would have been a good, uh, good fix for that. That, Look, I'm not a screenwriter, (laughs) but that's a better movie. No. And it would have added a little bit more of an emotional punch to it. I think the movie would have maybe had to be a little bit longer. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, it's got, if it has more to do, it can right. be longer. Because it's not filling for time that's anymore. Happening, you can have like Scott and Cassie like seeing firsthand what Kang is like doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know Janet and them, they're in the city, they're in the utopia. Yeah. So yeah, that would have been really interesting to see. Well, because there's a line earlier in the movie. Jorge agrees with me, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a he, well, he's he said a bunch. I'm sorry. I felt that nothing was ever that serious, but it should have been. Yep, right there with you. Uh, like this guy can obliterate a timeline, but the stakes felt not that severe for some reason. Well, well, he, he's also stuck in the quantum. Yeah, he moment. couldn't obliterate a timeline at the moment. Right. So the stakes were trying to stop him from being able to do that. Yeah. And I started to feel the stakes more towards the end. Yeah. But... I No, I think the buildup at the end was actually pretty good. Yeah. All right. What was I about to say? Oh, because Janet, earlier you. in the oh, movie, yeah. she goes, oh, yeah, like. Uh, I'm a freedom fighter or a terrorist, depending on who you ask. Depending on who, you seem to be only a freedom fighter. Who calls you a terrorist, Kang? That's it. No, I don't think so. You know, it made me think. Oh, or maybe the people in the the people of the empire. I guess. Remember, he had like a whole empire. Sure. Again, it, very Star Warsy. But you know what? It made me feel like it made me feel like those freedom fighters that we had met have had run-ins with her. But when they meet each other, she they're just like, oh, Janet, we got to get away from Janet because King's going to be after Janet. Right. I'm like, oh, so they don't have history together. I thought they were enemies. Uh, For a second, I did. But then when they said, like, no, like, he's going to be coming for Janet, then I'm like, oh, they're they're more afraid of King than they, they right. don't care about Janet. Right. But so that line would have worked better in the plot that I mentioned where she is on King's side. And because you've already seen some of the POV of the freedom fighters. And if she's saying, well, if you ask some people, I'm a terrorist, then you go, oh, wait a second, that there's more nuance to that. Because from one perspective, she's bad. Mm. And a lot of this is about like her secrets and like, and you kind of find out her secrets are just like, yeah, she briefly helped king but she didn't know that and he then she was immediately bad. tried to undo it right so she's not a, you're not a bad you person. know what makes her a bad person keeping the secret exactly <laughs> so like what is she ashamed of exactly other than sleeping with bill murray well yeah that was kind of <laughs> fucked up too you but also I mean? like it was 30 years so i mean yeah who cares yeah it's uh, not that, and, and hank H- is like H- immediately like i don't give a shit well hank's like <laughs> i slept with someone too yeah <laughs> so who cares and then he does the she wasn't you baby yeah that was good good job bro <laughs> It just would have been so much more interesting if she has something to actually be ashamed about because she fought on the wrong side and she didn't know it. That would have created some interesting inner conflict. Yeah. Yeah. That would have worked better with the themes of she's keeping this secret because she's ashamed about it. Yeah. And she's not ashamed with her family. It, it's such a simple fix that could... It really is. This movie is is not that far from being a lot better, isn't it? Hmm. Uh, anyway. Huh. Wow. All right, guys. Well, we fixed it for I guess, you. Uh, just, Rick and uh, Morty writer didn't think of that. <laughs> didn't think of that. Just give us a call next time. We'll, we'll fix your movie <laughs> for you right there. Uh, Jorge said there was probably some rewrites. I think there I were. I mean, surely. But... Uh, especially surrounding the ending, it felt like some stuff maybe got changed. Yeah. I was told that uh, this character, William Jackson Harper, was totally wasted. Or this actor. 
uh, he's oh, the, from a good place, and I the guess the dude he's with the the moderator. Yeah, yeah. I guess he's amazing, but we wouldn't know because in this movie he, he, he really... had a pretty small role. Yeah, like three lines. Yeah. yeah, like good for what we saw, but right. I think at some point he was people wanted him to be Reed Richards. Yeah, I yeah. think at some point uh, it was thought he might be Reed Richards. Which you know what? I can kind of see it. Yeah, but not anymore. Not any- <laughs> obviously not anymore. <laughs> But, like, you know, I could see him, like, I don't know. He's got really good line delivery. Yeah. No, he's good. Yeah. And then the ending. Did you like the ending? I did. I ended up liking it overall. I did think that they were going to get trapped in the quantum realm. But then I was like, wait, that's stupid because we did that in the first and the second movie. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And that's kind of the problem with the ending is that by virtue (laughs) of the fact that we know that Kang is going to be a big time villain. Right. We already know how the movie's going to end. At least we thought so. So, like, I thought... I uh, thought he was going to escape. He was going to escape. Yeah. That was my original concern, is King's going to escape, so the end of the movie is already ruined, right? Ant-Man has to lose. But then they surprised me by playing it straightforward, by saying literally, like, Ant-Man won, they escaped, and Kang lost. And then I'm like, okay, sure, I'm surprised, but also that's boring, <laughs> right? <laughs> eh. But then... But then he has his whole existential exactly. crisis, like and his I'm little like, panic attack. He has his panic attack. I'm like, and I'm this like, is a little dark. I was like, wait, does this fix the problem or is this just like a Band-Aid? I, I liked it. I enjoyed I it. I really liked it. Because I thought it was funny. Because well, we I know- thought it was funny, but also like kind of like, you know what? I'd probably be thinking the same fucking thing. Well, he's probably thinking, because he, well, not he's probably, probably, how the hell did I survive that? He's literally thinking, did I actually save the universe? Did I save the universe or did I doom it? Right. And it's both, right? Because by killing this version of Kang, I guess other Kangs are going to be are going to be loosed out. The Council of Kangs well, is all over it. Well, uh, the Council of Kangs is already loose, but by eliminating this Kang as a target, similar to what happened in the first Avengers movie, you know how like them defeating Loki's army made them a target. Yeah. Well, hey, the mm. people in this universe just killed a Kang. <laughs> you know the real troublemaker the real person who's at fault sylvie and we all forget about that it was fine (laughs) it's all her fault because she got mad her and loki it's all their fault when she wanted her revenge so bad yeah when he remains stop her right after bringing her there in the first place but he also didn't know what the hell was going on when he who remains was in charge everything was fine yeah well now look at it it was a little fucked up if you were in one of the timelines that diverged but it's a little unfair just because you existed in a timeline where somebody else did something they weren't supposed to do right (laughs) peyton reed says like this king is dead but uh that wasn't super clear no but also like if he's like shrinking and growing at the same time i feel like it's just going to destroy your body is that what happened he's still because he used the the pin particles that shrink and grow like the same way they like that's right that's right right. yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so they were like it was like in and out in and out i don't know i feel i feel like he should be dead. But also, like, even if this Kang's dead... There's a million more. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't actually matter whether he <laughs> yeah. lived or not. This was just... I think it was meant to introduce moviegoers to the concept of yeah. who Kang is. I had said to a friend of ours that uh, they're not going to just re-explain Kang. No. And they did. <laughs> and <laughs> so they did. Good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which might be the right move, because I'm sure there's actually a lot of people that did not watch the Disney Plus shows. yeah. Uh, Jorge was saying that they got out so fast after the thing. That's another thing that's explained at the beginning of the movie, though, where Cassie said that she could track people in the quantum realm and save them. 
And she was like, if I had this while you were trapped there, I could have saved you. So once the others were through the portal, like there was no actual danger of Hope and Scott being trapped. The danger would have been if Kang killed him. Oh, true. true. Yeah. Logically, all of that makes sense. And it is explained earlier. But in the movie, though, it just something about it doesn't feel good. Like the way it happened. I just feel like there are plot holes in the original cut of this movie that they then said, what lines of dialogue can we throw in the beginning to cover this up? (laughs) You know what I mean? Just to like cover our bases. Like sometimes it's hard to distinguish what's a fix and what was original intention. And like, you shouldn't have to do that. You know what I mean? It was like me with the, with the ants thing. I'm like, they're just, they just said all that stuff because it was confusing (laughs) and they put it in retroactively. Maybe. I don't think we'll ever actually know for sure, though. No. Oh, uh, there's a bunch of other little moments I enjoyed. Uh, I liked when Scott was counting all his holes uh, because oh, I was he, too. He like pa- I was too, and and because a second before he said seven, I was like seven, and he goes seven. I'm like ah, <laughs> same. No, and right after he said it, I go, I'm like counting them. I'm yeah. Like, okay. All right. That counts as a hole. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do think most like 99 percent of the jokes land. Oh no, sure. That was like, great. Very well. I, there's a moment where Hank says uh, she built this in a basement, talking With about gas and the thing. Exactly. And then I hear, <laughs> I'm about to say it, like to say, well, I'm about to like lean over and be like, well, the box of scraps. And right before I do, shit, you not, the guy sitting next to me, whom I don't know, goes, with a box of scraps. And I was like, yeah. And then I turn around to you and I hear you and someone else go, with a box of scraps. <laughs> the whole fucking theater was doing it. You can't not do it. You can't not. But again, it's one of those things where I'm like at a test screen. I'm like, all right, we got to rewrite this line. I don't want the whole theater going with the box of scraps. But or it's do you. great. Or do you? That's the thing. Right. Or do you? <laughs> should just, just No, that would have been too <laughs> no, far. That would have <laughs> broken the immersion because like they weren't there. They didn't know that he said that. Obadiah Stane should have barged in. <laughs> Unless if it was like, if if it was the same character, if it was the guy from fucking um, A Christmas Story. And he was like, yeah. And then he screamed at me with a box of scraps. <laughs> then, yeah, I'd be down for that. I mean, they already revisited that with the. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, far from home. <laughs> Do you think that the title of the movie was meaningful in that? Ant-Man and the Did Wasp. Did this feel... Well, yeah, two parts. Number one, is this an Ant-Man and the Wasp movie or just an Ant-Man movie? I think it was an Ant-Man movie. Wasp, like, she was in it a lot, but yeah, she wasn't here's the thing. doing Hope much. or Janet. That's true because it has dual... It's kind of Janet's movie from a lot of, yeah. a lot of ways, right? Also, it's kind of Hank's movie. It kind of becomes end. Hank's movie at the it end. It kind of becomes all Ant-Man and one Wasp. <laughs> Because one of the wasps didn't do shit. Yeah, hoping to well, do she, it she, very much. She went to the, like, yeah, she dove into the probability storm to save Scott. And, right, sure, and she came back at the end to save him. Yeah, that all did. that's very good. But, like, it's also, like, kind of all she did. The rest of the movie was her walking around going, Mom, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Mom, can you just tell me? No. <laughs> so, uh, while Janet did have a lot to do, Hope did not. All right. So, and- I guess... Yeah, title still technically you, has meaning. Do you think this was a quantum mania? Well, I don't know what that actually means. What's well, made up, but like, is it? You know, <laughs> I you thought throw, so. You throw mania at the end of something, you're like, it's yeah, crazy. we got to we got to go into the crazy quantum realm with all these crazy creatures, and it was weird. 
That was pretty weird. Yeah, I I think it. Yeah, I think it earns the the title. I, I think the title's good. Uh, it's it's it, it suits better than Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I was did, about to yeah. say that. Yeah, Multiverse of Madness. It was it was two verses of madness. <laughs> unless, so, unless they meant madness like Wanda's madness. Multiverse of she, Madness. She did go pretty mad. Tells me that it's gonna get buck wild. I think the title was just too good for them to not use. And that well, that created that we issue. Talk, we talked about this because already. it is a good title. But they had more multiverses they were going to go to, right? Which would have been cool. Yeah. And then they cut the shit out of a lot of that movie. There's going to be more characters. That movie easily and... could have been top tier, and they just yeah. it got killed in editing. Modok. <laughs> so look, people are very divided on this for some reason because some people are like, some, okay, no, all right. This for, is the Power Rangers problem no, we for, talked about. Forgive me for what I'm about to say. If there's anybody that really, really loves Modok, who the fuck has strong opinions about Modok? He's so stupid. <laughs> like he's just a stupid character. Like if, if you're one of the people that legitimately loves him because you like saw him in a cartoon or something, I'm sorry. But like, it's okay to like a stupid character. Like you can love a right, stupid but recognize character. that he is, recognize that it's stupid. He's yeah. not to be taken seriously. Not at all. Ever. Not at all. That Avengers game, it took him seriously to mixed results. Like I think this is the best case scenario. This is oh, the best. It honestly, ever I think be. it was great. I loved Modok in this. Well, I'm saying you couldn't take him any further, and he dies at the end, and it made me go, "Yep, yep, kill him." <laughs> like I literally was like, "Yeah, I think I think this is it. We're not gonna get another Mo- like another appearance of Modok for what?" No, we're. I'm so glad it was Darren Cross though, and that's the other thing. Yeah, it's not George Tarleton, head of AIM. Well, no, because I, I I think AIM's done in the MCU. They lost all credibility after Iron Man 3. That too, yeah. That was a very public spectacle. Yeah. <laughs> but when you think about it, Darren Cross is not that different from, like, the leader of AIM. Cross Industries was evil. Yeah. No, like, Cross Industries could have been... Well, it wasn't even Cross Industries. It was still Pym... It was Pym. He was, it was renaming Pym Tech, it. But Pym Tech, he was renaming it Cross yeah. Industries. But at the same time, he's trying to sell the fucking. What if he was uh, like, oh, you know, AIM's taken over and I'm partnered with AIM? They could have done that, but like they didn't no, need to. You didn't need to do any of that stuff. Also, I'm he's... sure they did not expect to make a MODOK in the first movie. As a villain, I don't hate Darren Cross. I think he's a pretty good villain. No, I think he's a good villain. I think he's like, it's hilarious how delusional he is. Yeah. And all he wants is for somebody to like appreciate it appreciate like in the first movie all he wanted was for hank to say like i'm proud of you or something like that yeah because that was like the first thing he said it was like you're proud of me right and hank's like fuck off (laughs) (laughs) you fucking weirdo he's a little bit scary though i like that character um i like that he's kind of uh eccentric you know he's all like oh i was meditating and yeah and i'm evil (laughs) and i love how he would every time like he just lifted up his mask it was just it was hilarious in a good way because you just see his fucking face there. Just are oh, you talking about his Modok? Yeah, like well, just kind of yeah. smiling. He's just yeah. Like, eh. And so I'm saying, I, I I thought he was really fun as Modok because now he's completely unhinged, <laughs> and he doesn't have anything to fight for anymore. So he doesn't have he doesn't have any stakes in anything. Anymore. No, he's, he's just, just he's just following Kang because why not? What else can he do? Yeah, and they called him uh, the, the thing, mechanized organism designed only for killing. Yep, they said it. Uh, they did and, say it. And they made the joke. Ant-Man's like, it's, it's Modok. Modok. <laughs> I love how they're just heckling him the whole Because it makes sense that Scott and Cassie would do this, too. Because, one, they have a history with this guy. They do not like him. And, two, right. you see him show up again. He's a giant floating head. Like, you're going to make fun of him. You're going to be like, what the fuck happened to you, dude? 
And yeah. Hank does the same thing. He's like, what the hell happened? He almost <laughs> got redeemed at the end there because he's like recognizing that he's a bad guy. Cassie's like, just stop being a dick. <laughs> and people were complaining about that. I thought it was fine. He's okay. This guy is. He, he like, wants people to like him. That's all he wants. It's different than being redeemed in real life. This man is in the closest thing to hell that exists in Marvel Universe. He has been doomed into like the microverse for like a decade. And he's just a floating head with like tiny limbs. Right. And that's where he's going to die. Like, this is the point where you're like, yeah, man, I guess you're okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he was alive and, and on Earth and perfectly healthy, he'd be like, oh, no, man, this guy's weird. He should F- die. Fuck, fuck that guy. No, I, but, like, he's at in, this point, like, he's been through enough. He's basically in literal hell right now. <laughs> Constantly being tortured by his personal demon. I, all right. I love when he talks to Scott. He's like, I always saw you as, like, a brother to me. <laughs> and Scott's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and like he's completely unhinged. <laughs> he's absolutely, and it was great. If you didn't like this iteration of Modok, like I don't know what to tell you. Like it's not going to get any better. This was it the best will case never scenario. Get better. Best case scenario, you maybe he comes back, <laughs> maybe, but In like secret. Wars. I don't think so. I know. I, I think he's done. It's, it's over. Um, if you do want a serious take on Modok, go play that Avengers game that everybody shits on. Mm. Or if you want an even crazier take on Modok, you can watch the one with Patton Oswalt on Hulu. Oh, yeah, the the sitcom. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was kind of funny. I still don't watch it, and I keep meaning to. I saw like four or five episodes. Huh. Patton Oswalt's great, so. Isn't it made by Seth Green? Maybe. I thought it was it's like. the same animation style as Robot Chicken. That I think that's why I assume that. Yeah. I'm not sure, though. I don't know if they're related or not. All right, let's move on. Easter eggs. Uh, you says what we used to do for. I don't know if we've ever done it on here. We're doing it on Where's Mephisto, our bonus podcast. I'm not sure on if we've Patreon. done it on this. Yeah, but basically, like we were watching too many things with too many Easter eggs, and we're like, oh, let's just throw them in at the end. Number one, uh, there's a man who asks Scott for his picture with his dog. Uh, that is Mark Oliver Everett, who is the son of Hugh Everett III, who is the originator of the Many Worlds interpretation of the quantum theory. Oh wow, that's actually a pretty cool deep oh yeah nerd cut he's also like in a band huh that's interesting <laughs> <laughs> number two um scott's book mentions a couple things uh one hulk turning him into a baby am i the hulk's baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh meeting rocket raccoon time traveling with steve rogers you know other things from endgame yeah bill murray plays a character named lord krylar you you had referred to uh appears in only one issue of the incredible hulk <laughs> number 156 who works in an island in the microverse. So that's accurate. It is kind of funny that like they got this big actor to play this tiny role, playing a character that has like virtually no role in all of Marvel, but <laughs> but he still exists. Yeah. And there's just something kind of funny about it. I went to the bathroom during his scene, so like I, I missed out on oh, some of it. But damn. I don't care. <laughs> well, Jan- uh, Janet banged him. Yeah, I, I saw that part. Okay. <laughs> uh, we talked about Modoc uh, and his name originated in 1967 from Tales of Suspense number 93. I, I know a very small amount about Modoc, but I know he's in a general Avengers villain. Yeah, he small time villain. <laughs> small time villain. Yeah, like I think he appears often, but it's never like anything deep. Uh huh. <laughs> the Council of Kings, who's seen in a post credit scene. Uh, it's from Avengers number 292 from 1988, and the shot of them all in the stadium is an exact recreation of a panel from that comic. 
And, That's um, cool. I'll probably link it below. But uh, it's just people like... were complaining about this post credit scene too, saying it was too silly. <laughs> Again, it's just like the comic. Like, what more do you want? What like what's too silly about it? I guess they're all, all the kings like and whooping like... and hollering and woo yeah yeah they're not all geniuses or I mean there's probably some level of genius to them all because they it's they, like in Rick and Morty they, <laughs> it's like the the Council of Ricks well it's funny because Council of Ricks and the Council copy. of yeah Council of Ricks copied Council of Kings, Kings probably I think there's also in the comics a Council of Reeds I think so yeah. yeah. You know, the Richards family would have. do this shit. Yeah. They're very uh, egotistical. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know who's the best person to consult? Myself from a different universe. Because we're the smartest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is Jim Halpert in the Council of Reeds? Oh. Like Jim Halpert? Like, oh. <laughs> like actual like, Jim he's Halpert? like the Baskin Robbins equivalent. Yeah. <laughs> it's a universe. Somehow he found his way. <laughs> yeah. It's a universe where the real Jim Halpert just like became. He's just looking at the camera. Reed Richards. Yeah. <laughs> It's like I don't, I don't know I, what what's going I don't know on what I'm doing here, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> the Kang in the second post credit scene is named Victor Timely, so that's a reference to a Kang who did take that name and founded a town in 1901. Uh, just went back in time and lived his days or whatever, and that is in turn a reference to Timely Comics, which was what Marvel Comics was called before. before. Okay, we're assuming that second scene is like. Directly from like an episode of Loki, probably right. Yeah, it's yeah. the next Easter egg. Uh, Loki and Mobius are just sitting there watching him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's definitely Loki. Season it's good two. to see uh, Mobius again, though. Oh yeah, I- I'm so happy Owen Wilson's back. <laughs> Maybe he'll say wow this time. Maybe he'll ride that jet ski. I really hope so. He's Who's obsessed with the 90s and jet skis. Wants. Yeah, because he's from that time period. I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Kang's chair is very similar to his time chair from the comics. Uh, also, he like sits kind of like to the side. He does the exact pose from yeah. the comic, yeah. So it's a bit of a visual reference. Scott didn't refer to his podcast, but we know he has one. Thanks to uh, Miss Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, yep. it's called Big Me Little Me. <laughs> what a good name! <laughs> is there uh, his book? Um, Look out for the little guy. The little guy. Which it's also is a great title. Going to actually be released as a real book. Yeah, you could buy the book. I I pre-ordered it already. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I, I want to read it. That'd honestly. be a fun thing just to like have on the shelf. It might be like it'd be. I feel like it'd be more fun to experience as an audiobook, though. I want to hear Paul Rudd read it. You think they'll do that? I was gonna ask you. If, do you think they, oh, they did that? I I think it'd be really cool. I've if they seen did. a lot of the marketing like pretending the real book is real. Right. You know, Cassie <laughs> recalls Darren trying to kidnap her. The events of the first movie, Um, I think on two occasions, I mentioned it. Uh, Someone with an Ant-Man backpack. I noticed this actually is seen in the movie. I think right outside of like uh, the coffee shop or whatever. Or is the it like shop. after he gets charged $12? Uh, maybe. Um, He's got an <laughs> Ant-Man backpack. And uh, the artwork on the backpack is from the movie, like from the movie poster. Oh, that's cool. Oh, you know where they did that in in Black Adam? But there, I was like, oh, this is weird and lazy. That like the poster to Aquaman and Wonder Woman are like um, real posters in universe. Too, eh, you know? That's not great. <laughs> but for some reason here, I'm like, the, the difference. But in universe you, merchandise. You liked this movie, but you didn't like that one. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's the difference. maybe that's the difference. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, apparently, one of these kings or this king killed a Thor. He had mentioned. Well, I, he like beat I'm the sure Avengers. this king has killed multiple Avengers. Yeah, because. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about this during the thing, but people were complaining that, you know, oh, Kang got beat. He didn't have his powers, really. Yeah, beat by a shit ton of ants. 
shit ton of ants, a rebel army, the entire ant family. They weren't just any ants. They were evolved ants. Thousands of years. Yeah. Which means they're probably more evolved than Kang was. Yeah. Because they were already... socialism is a charged (laughs) word now, but... Here's the thing. I actually really like that line. That was hilarious. I thought that was so funny. Definitely something that Hank Pym would say. Yeah. I thought that was so funny. (laughs) Might be something Michael Douglas would say. (laughs) Can't wait for uh, this movie. is just nothing but Marxist ideology. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Anyway. Kanks. So we meet technically five of them. Amortis, Ramatut, Scarlet Centurion, uh, and I already mentioned, obviously, uh, Kang, or sometimes known as Kang Prime. And uh, Victor Timely isn't Kang Prime like the? Uh, I don't know that much about Kang. I'm re- I'm, I'm telling you right. what I'm reading. Off I don't the page. know too much either. And then I've tried to dig into it, and you'd basically be having to dig into like yeah eight yeah, plus yeah. separate characters yeah to really get the full thing. So I'm sure I'll eventually do it. It'll just take some time. Or like again, we've already met six of them. Yeah, and then there's He Who Remains. We don't know too much about any of them except for He Who Remains. Right. The so, Conqueror. Well, here's the thing. Amortis is the inspiration for the MCU he remains. Because in the comics, he's the one who... Uh, Wins? Is, he's the one who who is there at the end of time. Oh, okay. Controlling time streams, right? Ah, okay. But okay. separately, in the comic book that introduces the TVA, there's a character named He Who Remains. And I would love for someone to educate me on this because I couldn't find it. I think that's not a Kang, though. I think okay. the character of He Who Remains is a different character. But they decided to make it a Kang in the mm-hmm. MCU. Right. Who, Probably for simplicity. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. That in turn kind of makes He Who Remains essentially the same as Immortus, but different. Well, what like if, not literally the same Kang. What if Immortus becomes He Who Remains and this is him at a separate point in time? That could be it too. That could be a, a like an earlier time that's possible uh, because remember he who remains is at the he's sitting at he's the at end the, of time literally the end of time yeah so so immortus could just be him before he gets mm. there yeah that's possible it's plausible yeah you know what and i would like you know that are, we, are we putting that down as our theory maybe yeah <laughs> that's sure. my kang theory that's my kang theory yeah <laughs> uh i would like that because i like that interpretation i like that eccentric character I do too. He's jumping on tables and shit. Well, like, he's lived for entirely too long. Uh, that, that's part of it, probably. <laughs> and he knows literally everything. Yeah. Next king is Rama Tut, where he goes back in time and becomes a pharaoh. We talked about it when we did Moon Knight on Where's Mephisto. Um, one of the kids had like the sigil of Rama Tut on the back of his jacket. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you think maybe we'll see Rama Tut in a possible Moon Knight season two? Maybe some connection to Kanchu. That'd be interesting. Know. It'd be interesting. It doesn't have to happen, yeah. obviously, but it'd be interesting to see. He's also like not. Well, he's a pharaoh. He's not like a god, right? But I mean, you would think the pharaohs would have some sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. connection with the Egyptian gods. And I think in the comics, Ramata actually has a connection to Apocalypse. Well, that makes sense. Completely not, makes sense. We're not going to see Apocalypse. No, or... they're. I don't think they're going to do Apocalypse again anytime soon. For like decades, probably. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like. All right, guys, we're going to end phase 10 with Apocalypse. I want to see Galactus done. At right? that point, just blow it up. If if Marvel goes on for that, like, at what point is Marvel going to just be over? Well, I don't think it'll ever be over. I think they'll do a reboot at some point. Like a soft reboot, and then you recast Iron Man and stuff. Yeah, they could do that. Like uh, like what DC's going to attempt to do with, with, Flash. with the Flash. We'll yeah. see how that works. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, and then they also show Scarlet Centurion. It's a version of the Ramatut Kang. 
who eventually meets Doctor Doom and is inspired by him and, and makes himself well, a little suit. That's cool. Um, we haven't seen Doctor Doom yet, but but we know that he, we we know Fantastic Four is coming and yeah, and presumably he, Doom will be maybe. Yeah. Uh, we know, but I feel by Secret Wars we're getting Doom. I feel like we have to. Yeah. Now, who, who's who's going to play him? I don't know. That's a good question. What if they get the same guy that played him in the first Fantastic Four movie? No, I don't think stupid. he was None a... of those people. <laughs> Hang on. That. The cast wasn't terrible. Fuck that. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> I think the guy that played Doom was fine. Anyway, that's all the Easter eggs I got. So uh, that pretty much does it. Um, Real quick, final thoughts wrapping up, Birdo. Overall, I genuinely enjoyed this movie. I had a blast the whole time through. It's not without its flaws and mostly the the plot yeah but the rest of it i thought was pretty great i mean action was about as good as i would expect out of an ant-man movie well that's yeah i think probably could have been better if there was some more shrinky dinks right like we could have done a little (laughs) bit more with that but like i i don't have like complaints about it though you know Mm -hmm. i thought everybody's performances were pretty good and i'm happy to see this kick off a new phase of the mcu and I'm excited to see where the where it goes from here. Well, I forgot this is like phase five, right? Yeah. Huh. This is the beginning of phase five. I like the idea that, you know, phase four was very much like new beginnings and also and like, like multiverse. Introduction to multiverse. Yeah. But also like where are they now? <laughs> sure. <laughs> After yeah, yeah, Endgame. Yeah. And phase five seems to be like Kang. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just gonna be a whole lot of Kang, which, which, I'm, which I'm fine for. Which That's is interesting. Good because I think that means this phase will be a bit more focused. Yeah. Whereas phase four it, phase four was all over the place. I was fine with that. You know what but phase four is? A lot of people is? hated that. No, it's a whole new phase one. That's what I've been saying, and everybody yeah. shits on me for that. Phase one had no plan. <laughs> well, was just phase like, one was like Avengers. Yeah, we're gonna get to the Avengers, but also like like Iron Man two set up a bunch of stuff that didn't go anywhere. Yeah, so let's just talk about Iron Man 2 some more. No, 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 no. Okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Look, I really enjoyed it. That's not to say I think it's a really good movie. Probably the opposite. I think this is a very okay movie mm-hmm. that I just happened to really enjoy. I thought it was okay. a whole lot of fun. I would watch this 10 more times and be perfectly content. Right. Though I have enumerated a bunch of problems with with, with the movie. You even fixed one of them. We fixed one of them. I swear <laughs> to God, wouldn't that be a better movie? It'd be cool. I would be curious to see how that would have panned out on screen. I'm just saying, go back. If you skipped here for whatever reason, I've totally fixed this movie. Uh, anyway, Birdo, what are we doing next? I don't know. We're doing Shazam. We got to do Shazam. Oh, we're doing Shazam. Yeah, there's a TV. Okay, so. Is it called Shazam or is it called Captain Marvel? It's called. It's, or I think the, it's called the Captain Adventures Marvel. of Billy Batson. <laughs> I'd watch that. Uh, okay, it's called Shazam. Actually, oh, okay. that's funny because the character. Well, because remember the the comic was always called Shazam. Yeah, but, but the there, ca- was, there was always a weird thing where it's like, but the character is actually Captain Marvel. And- actually, no, the comic was called Captain Marvel for a long time, but then. The comic switched to Shazam before the character switched to Captain. The character to switched Shazam. to Shazam recent, like within the like past 2000s. decade. I feel like no, it was like two thousand six or seven or something like that. I don't know because even in like Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, they called him Captain Marvel. When that when did that game come out? Uh, like oh eight, oh seven, oh eight. I was around that time. Yeah. There's a TV show called Shazam. It is from 1974 to 1976. Ran for three seasons. Can oh, you fucking whoa. believe it? Wow. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Uh, it's only 28 episodes anyway. Um, in, so, in its entirety? Yep. 
Those are short seasons. <laughs> uh, it also has a related show called The Secrets of Isis. Huh? You know, the fucking oh, the Egyptian, Egyptian goddess. God. Yeah. Not the terrorist I, I was organization. Like the terrorist organization. Uh, but ISIS is not. Sorry, the, the second show that it's related to it does not have any superhero. Oh, this is very interesting. Okay, so the TV show, The Secrets of ISIS, which was connected to uh, Shazam, is not based on any comic book character. Oh. However, she has since been ad- adapted into DC Comics. Oh. Oh, yeah, the show was called the Shazam slash Isis Hour. Okay, so episodes of the series featured crossover, blah, blah, blah. Episodes of the series featured crossovers featuring Captain Marvel for the companion series Shazam. Likewise, Joanna Cameron appeared as Isis on Shazam. In return, since then, DC Comics has adopted the character of Isis into their mainstream continuity for modern comics. Interesting. That doesn't happen that often uh that's happened and that i know of has only happened like one other time and it's um harley quinn yeah another dc one so that's very interesting um uh, we're definitely gonna well wasn't she Hulk? well she hulk was created because of the hulk show but she didn't come from the hulk show so came from a comic book yeah yeah so i don't know where this is available i don't even know if we're gonna watch like one episode or three episodes yeah we gotta figure or... out where to find it first i don't think it has a movie but uh, I still want to watch it because of Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Right. The series was available for streaming on the now defunct DC Universe streaming service. As right. of January 2023, the series is available for free streaming on Tubi. I don't know Tubi. Okay, I'll figure it out. Anyway. You just download it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you to that piano dude for our musical intro. Uh, make sure you leave a rating and review on Apple or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please tell a friend, you guys. And thank you if you've told a friend. Uh, you can support the show on Patreon, where you can listen to our second podcast called Where's Mephisto? Birdo, uh, where are we looking for Mephisto recently? Uh, recently, we were looking for Mephisto in... Well, we had finished Andor. And then we were just kind of looking for him in our lives, I guess. Our daily lives in, yeah. in miscellaneous places. Yeah, yeah like, th- what, what are you watching we or playing? We did three of those or, episodes. Yeah. yeah. They're um, just a little bit of everything yeah. which is uh, so much fun I like those no it's it's nice to talk about like what we're doing yeah <laughs> but we will probably start Mandalorian's coming back we're gonna do Mandalorian yeah, very soon uh, yeah I guess, I guess we never got to yeah cause we've done Star, we've done Star Wars Marvel yeah. we've done Stranger Things we never got around to doing Wednesday but that's that's okay so anyway guys that is on our uh, Patreon. Uh, as low as $3, you'd be really helping out the show, and you get a ton of more content, including outtakes um, and other behind-the-scenes stuff I might be including on there. So definitely check it out. Yeah. Uh, if you want to talk to us throughout the week, you can hang out with us on our Discord server. Uh, that's where we're chatting with our friends all the time. That's linked below. It's free. If you don't know what Discord is, get on it, man. It's great. It's a really good time. If you want to hang out with us while we record the show, you can do so just like our friends Jorge and Blake have on twitch.tv slash films from PZ. We live stream every episode Monday nights about 8, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so thanks for hanging out with us, guys. I'm talking to Jorge and Blake. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Films from the Phantom Zone. You can find us on Twitter, Films from PZ, TikTok, Films from PZ. Most of these episodes are on YouTube. I got to get back on putting stuff on YouTube. I got a like, bunch of shit done, and then and then I stopped again. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but other than that, you guys will see you next week. 
with some Shazam. Shazam! Shazam! Shazam? Guys, we, yeah, yeah, we both just turn into <laughs> insert sound effect. We are now superheroes. Uh, I'm excited for that movie. I actually am too. I think I it looks good. You know, that, you know like I, I come and go. Like I was really down about DC, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe the Flash is just gonna. Well, they are. James Gunn did say turn it he's all pretty around. much gonna leave Shazam alone. Did he say that? Yeah, he's like Shazam's already just kind of like in his own corner of the universe so sure. it's like we don't have to worry about like messing with that yeah and we're never gonna see Black Adam again he's never coming back <laughs> so I'm that's, fine with that honestly we're never gonna get Shazam versus Black Adam it's over but alright anyway uh, we'll see you guys later bye, bye.